Welcome with Looking Up, a few minutes at the end of the week to think about astronomical things. On the 7th of May's broadcast of Looking Up this year, I asked if you would like to swing on a star and carry moonbeams home in a jar. This is of course fanciful, but not if you've been following the latest developments in spaceflight. Yes, finally space tourism is launched. Sir Richard Branson, ever the showman, has been into space with three attractive astronauts loitered for a few minutes staring through the 17 portals built into the spacecraft onto the jewel that is planet Earth and returned amid great panache. Virgin Galactic flies to space and soon Jeff Bezos will follow with his Blue Origin flight. This is more than mere fun. There are important and serious corollaries of space tourism. There have been space tourists before, extremely rich individuals who've bought a place on board the International Space Station, such as South African Mark Shuttleworth. But both of these recent efforts from Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos represent an open and less expensive channel to space with recurrent flights planned, making space a real destination in itself, albeit for just a handful of fortunate people. So on July the 11th, there was the fourth test flight of Virgin Galactic in a spacecraft that returned in a glide to land on a runway in New Mexico. The craft reached above 80 kilometers above the Earth's surface, which is technically space, and thereby made a record of the number of humans in space simultaneously, which, by the way, is 16. There were six on board the Virgin Galactic flight, including two pilots, and the others spread between the International and Chinese space stations. On the morning before Richard Branson climbed aboard, he started his day with his pal Elon Musk, who betrayed his South African roots by posing for the cameras barefoot. July the 20th is the date set for the Blue Origin flight, which is quite different in its configuration. First of all, Blue Origin will take off vertically in a rocket, unlike the Virgin Galactic spacecraft, which took off from an aeroplane before firing its rockets and climbing into space. Similar to SpaceX's reusable rockets, the Blue Origin vehicle will land vertically, which I always think looks a bit weird and dodgy, but that part will not house humans. The capsule, containing people, detaches, floats about in space for four minutes of weightlessness, and then returns using parachutes like we're used to seeing with the Apollo missions, and it will land in West Texas. So what are the important and serious aspects to this otherwise frivolous and for now somewhat risky enterprise of sending a few tourists to experience weightlessness and look down upon the planet. Well, number one, it extends our knowledge of space flight. These private companies have come up with novel ways of getting into space. And being private companies, they are freed from many of the constraints of government projects. Taxpayers have not had to pay for these enterprises, nor are these companies subjected to the whims of politicians. Being capitalistic organisations, they need to make money, and this is a healthy ambition, as the money they make from those wealthy space tourists will be ploughed back into further research into space. And this inspires a new generation of engineers who may have novel ways of looking at spaceflight. The cost of reaching space will go down, as happens when there's any new technology. Both Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin have many reusable components. Right now, if you want to launch a satellite, it'll cost upwards of $12 million. And that's before the compulsory insurance, which can sometimes double the price. And not only can conventional space rockets 
be used just the once, they are extremely expensive to launch and there's limited competition. Compare that with the $250,000 cost of a flight on the reusable Virgin space plane. Scientific institutions have already signed up to fly experiments on these suborbital flights. As the next generation of space planes can reach orbit, then that will massively reduce the cost of getting into space. This means we'll be able to launch satellites, spacecraft and space exploration missions for a fraction of the cost. And now this is another good reason hypersonic flight could become possible. And this is suborbital point-to-point -point travel where you can take off, fly into space and land in another part of the world far more quickly by exploiting simple geometry and the speed of space flight. The history of aviation shows that prices do come down and although initially it may be expensive to fly between London and San Francisco in an hour, that cost will come down. And finally, more people will get a vision of our beautiful planet and may think twice about contributing to its demise. Fanciful it may be, but every astronaut I've spoken to says it's a life-changing experience and you never think about home in the same way again. For now, this is Ketel Kirkham wishing us clear skies. 